I'm Terence Steinberg, and I'm preparing to row across the Pacific Ocean from San Francisco to Hawaii to inspire a more courageous world. And I'm Zach Smith. I'm not rowing at all, but I'm here to help tell the story. I spent the past 10 years exploring the far reaches of my mind and body, first through depression and later through endurance sports like Ironman triathlons, ultramarathons, and now rowing the Pacific. With each step, and even today, I found the biggest barriers inside myself. The doubts and fears and stories I had to rewrite in my heart. And each time I've discovered I can always do more, that humans are infinitely adaptable. But I've also learned that knowing this myself is not enough. So this time I'm bringing you with me to hopefully inspire you to believe more in yourself and in the opportunity for a better tomorrow. Welcome aboard the United World Challenge. Another amazing part about the United World Challenge is that we're raising money to send students to the United World Colleges, focusing on students affected by rising seas caused by climate change. We want to fuel their dreams. At this time, we'd like to remind everyone listening that if you have any questions, please submit them to us via our Facebook page at the United World Challenge, and we'll get to them on our next episode. Last episode, we talked about the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. This past week, Terrence got to spend some time working on the actual boat that will keep him alive in the journey ahead. And he got to sit down and chat with the boat builder herself. My name is Sonia Baumstein, and I own an ocean rowing business, Spindrift Rowing. Um, we've been building boats for about seven years now for people that do fantastic expeditions and everyone is a journey unto itself. So it's a really cool life to lead on top of doing some of these expeditions myself. It turns out that Sonia, as many of us do in life, stumbled into her path and her crazy awesome life of boat builder and adventure seeker. It also turns out, she says, that her story isn't all that different from Terrence's. So I had a similar journey to you at some point where I, and maybe the, the roots of it were a little bit different, but I rode in high school and college and I was recruited athlete. So I rode at the University of Wisconsin and it was my world. In Madison? Madison, yep. Yeah. And in high school. So we were ranked top three in the U.S. for high school teams. And that was six days a week, 20 hours a week for the most part for all the formative years of my life. Then something happened that would change her life, or at least the speed of it for a while. And then I was hit by a car one year, and that kind of ended that career. So you have this massive gap that at the time I wasn't in therapy for, and you are searching for something to fill it, or I was searching for something to fill it. Even if you've only gotten a hint of who Sonia might be to this point, you probably guessed that this doesn't keep her down for long. I discovered ocean rowing because a friend of mine who was also coaching rowing at the time, this was like my mid-20s, uh, said, hey, there's ocean rowing. Do you want to come along with me and film me? <laughs> I was like, uh, I got to find out more about this. That guy was a little baby, and he didn't come do that. He now coaches over at Sequamish. <laughs> I hope you hear this, Stephen. Um, and he did not come with me. Sonia would go on to lead a team to complete a 2,500-mile rowing expedition, followed by an equally long bicycle trip from Mexico to Seattle. 
Then she paddled from Seattle to Juneau, Alaska. She then set her sights on a solo rowing expedition across the Pacific. Except she realized that she didn't like any of the boats that were being built. So she did what anyone would do. She did her research, designed, and built her own. And then I started thinking about the Pacific, and then the Pacific idea was this new grand plan, and um, the boats that existed, I didn't like. And so that started. So you designed, designed and built your own boat. So I started designing and building my own boat, which is the one outside. And now Terrence is getting version 7.0 of all the lessons learned over the last six. And if any of you listening are rowers, or even if you've seen one of those lake rowing boats, those toothpicks moving through the water, you might start sweating, as I did, at the idea of taking one of those things across an ocean. But luckily, these are totally different boats. So lake rowing and ocean rowing are two extremely different sports. Um, lake rowing is short-term, lightweight. You're very close to the water. Arguably, you're also very close to the water in an ocean rowing boat, um, which is very different for sailors. So a sailor won't... The freeboard or the height above water of um, an ocean rowing boat is only a couple feet compared to 10, 15 feet on a sailboat. Well, they need to be able to lean so far. They need to be able to lean, but it's also just a larger vessel. It has a keel on it, a weighted keel. There's all these other features. So that's something that's very foreign for sailors dealing with ocean rowing boats. Um, For a rower dealing with an ocean rowing boat, they do not self-set. So part of the goal in, it's almost like a stride in rowing, that the boat has to be well set, meaning that it's not rocking to either side in order to get the most powerful stroke in. And you will never have that on an ocean rowing boat because you're dealing with waves coming from different directions and the different offsets that are just happening inside of your boat. This is great and all, but we still don't have an idea of what these boats actually look like. For those of you with a good imagination, picture a 23-foot-long tube with a V-shaped bottom and a wedge-shaped front bow. The back end is wider than the front and also shorter. The thin front bow rises like a blade out of the water for a couple feet before sloping backward and up and out, making space for a watertight sleeping cabin that also helps the boat cut through oncoming waves. The middle of the vessel is cut out and leveled off to make room for a sliding rower's bench, like the ones you see in a gym, just without the water spinny thing and slots are next to it on either side for the oars. The back bumps up again for more storage. Now, if that was confusing, and if you really want to know exactly what it looks like, check out the boat Terrence is rowing in all the videos and photos on unitedworldchallenge.org. Or check out spindriftrowing.com. That's spindriftrowing.com. The green boat you'll see is Sonia's first boat she ever built. Looking at it, you'd be excused for thinking that it's just a variation of a sailboat, without a sail. But there are some key differences that make these boats truly unique. So an ocean rowing boat is hollow for the most part, which most boats are not. They either have full exposure all around or um, solid places that are pretty inaccessible. Everything on this boat is made to be watertight if it's exposed to the outside. So every circle, circular hatch you see outside on the deck 
is an individually watertight hatch. Um, specific to our boats, and a feature that we have on there is the, f um, the fact that you can flood each one individually to change the trim on your boat and the balance depending on weather or like food stores that you might have off onto one side that's making the boat weigh differently. So other ocean rowing boats, these hatches are actually connected? Um, they they, they will often... either be connected or they will not be taped well enough. To so actually hold water. Right. As Sonia's shop doesn't build boats for mass production, but rather custom design, the boat for the United World Challenge is no different. And unfortunately, that means that some features are still a secret. And I mean, I don't even know. But I do know that there will be a small aft arch, which will resemble a metal bar across the back of the boat to attach equipment to, like cameras. There will also be solar powered vents and a bow that is specifically designed to break through waves and deflect winds coming from across the boat. It's clear that Sonia is doing an awesome job with the boat, and we'll chat with Terence soon to get at a few more of the gritty details of color and that stuff. But I thought it made sense to close this segment with a little advice from Sonia. I'd say that like the patience that you have is that the patient is really the patience that the followers need to have. Like this is all a process and the fruits of the labor are coming over time. And it it is very similar in respect to boat building where, you know, when we were first talking and you're saying, can I get to X point? I'm like, it's really not about that. Like there's all these other tiny steps that happen to get to this point. And then you start making these leaps and bounds jumps. Um, but nothing is immediate in this. And so, I mean, visually to your followers, they're about to see you having a boat. And that is a massive leap that all these tiny steps are going into. Like you've been here for three days and we've been going over all the tools and what are we taking back? What are, what are we deciding to change on your boat? Like it's all these minute decisions that go into and impact this overall structure and really what your life is gonna be like on board for this expedition and others that you may take on it. Um, and you're having to design and think ahead for what, based on what I'm recommending, but also what you feel like you as a person in endurance sports want. And when you make your way to the water and you start out, it's probably going to be a similar thing where you've got to crawl before you can walk and they're gonna see you experiencing that and doing that with you. And, We'll do our best to comment and tell followers why this is happening or what's occurring and the mileage and relation to the world around you because you're one part of what the journey around you is becoming. And um, there's all these different change forces that are affecting the way that it's rolling out. So I would say listeners have patience. Terrence, you just got back from Washington, and you got to meet Sonia Baumstein, the boat builder, and actually see the boat for the first time. How did you feel as you walked in the workshop for the first time and laid your eyes on the boat, the home and the place that will be your life support for roughly three months on the Pacific? Zach, once I climbed on top of it, once I got into the into the cabins 
And in that space where I was just with myself and with the boat, you know, and not talking to other people in that moment, then the energy changed. Like when I'm inside the cabin by myself for a moment, then it's like, whoa, you and me, buddy, we're going to have some big experiences. <laughs> what was the first thing that came to your mind when you started to really look at the boat when you're in the cabin and say, wow, okay, we're going to, we're going to have some memories, you and I. Yeah, so I climbed inside of the cabin while on, on Friday when I was there, and there were five or six people in the workshop working. As I sat in there and imagined being in this cabin for months, well, it was, it was really exciting, to be honest, just to think there's so much I don't yet know, so much I have to learn. And it's all going to accelerate once I get this boat onto the water. So climbing inside for the very first time was like, wow, we're really nearly there now. So I personally haven't done a lot of boating, but my father does. And I've known a few people who've been into sailing and have heard that there's quite a bit of superstition around boats, uh, particularly in naming of boats and christening in the first use of the boat in the water. Do you know what you're going to name the boat yet? I don't. I've been thinking up some names. I I was toying around with the, the name Moderation, you know? Um, <laughs> like, There's some I irony. It, I has, I it, yeah. yeah, I think it has a good ring to it. You know, all things in moderation. And I've never been good at moderation and, and until now. Here I am. And so, <laughs> <laughs> right. Th this is the project that defines your moderation. Yes, exactly. Um, so I like that because I really... I would like it to be something that is kind of fun um, because I just feel like the danger of this whole thing is it taking itself too seriously. <laughs> and so is there a date that the boat will be finished and a date that you plan on christening it? Million dollar question, Zach. I wish I had such a date. I will tell you that I want to have it down to the Bay Area and on the water by the end of February. That's what I'm. That's what my goal is now. But I just know that, you know, there's the water maker, there's the trailer that is also subcontracted out to be able to tow it down. And so there are a couple items that we have dependencies on and that's outside of our shop. So we'll have to see when they get in. So speaking in rough timelines now, because these things can shift based on weather and when the boat's ready, that gives you just over or roughly two months, maybe a little over two months between the boat being ready and to the water and when you might plan on leaving yeah let's say i have it on the water by the end of february you know that's like a month and a half i could start looking for a launch by mid-april realistically it's probably gonna be late april or may mm -hmm. so approximately two months in which i'll be able to do some training get on the boat get out now that you've seen the boat how do you feel about the expedition does that make it more tangible oh absolutely yeah absolutely it does so <laughs> we went and picked out colors, for example, and... Okay, what are the colors? So I, I went to a hardware store and picked out a mix. The first base color was kind of like a... I think you could call it... We were trying to match for, um, I think it's Hot Lips, maybe, or Ruby ruby Pink. Uh, it was it was a very pink magenta Hot color. Lips is the name of the color? Um, <laughs> that was one that I was trying to match. Do yeah. You, do you find that at Ace Hardware or? <laughs> you know, it was, it was 
similar. Yeah, it was a store called Henry's. Okay. <laughs> Henry's Hot Lips, Hot Lips Paint. The Henry's Hot Lips, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, that, but that's just the base. I, I really want it to be sparkly and glittery. And so then I got like a uh, a sort of blue and purple glitter spray paints and layered those over the top and made a whole like sprayed a whole board um, as a sample to get a sense of what different what 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 it could look like with different mixes and then cut out a piece and said aha this is it I found it and I'm pretty freaking excited about it it's like this purple blue pink sparkle so it's a mixture of those is so hot lips yeah so hot hot lips <laughs> itself <laughs> itself isn't the primary color it's a mixture of hot lips and purple yeah exactly you know I put it on Instagram I think in Facebook so yeah I put the, I, I put it out there okay. But I don't think people quite realize because when the whole boat is colored like that, it'll be quite different than just this little piece of wood. That's right. No one will miss you when you're leaving the bay. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) There will be no problem with people spotting you. It's for safety, Zach. This This is so people can see me on the water and I'm more likely to be, you know, less likely to be run over. The, the name moderation now makes perfect sense. (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> how does how does this boat and Sonia and Spindrift Rowing inspire a more courageous world we always want to tie this back to the reason this project exists in the start which is to inspire people their lives to to reach for things they couldn't believe possible before how does Sonia and her company inspire a more courageous world well I'll say that first first and foremost I look forward to Sonia answering that herself in a future episode she can really speak well to that I know that as a woman-owned business especially in manufacturing and and in ocean rowing she works hard to make her shop inclusive and to mentor people and to give them opportunities. And so meeting folks meeting folks in the shop, I realized she actually prefers to hire people who aren't boat builders to begin with because building a carbon boat is totally different from wood. And, and so in her case, she helps people who think there's no way I could build a boat to build a world-class boat. And so that's changing, totally changing the lives of the people who, who, who work for her like one reason why I want to make this boat very playful and I try to bring that into the project is because life is short and you got to have some fun. Yeah. (laughs) And even if you're doing something that has some noble cause to it, like we do in terms of raising scholarships to UWC and raising awareness about plastic and the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, you can also have fun doing it. I'm not a martyr, right? And making the boat a sparkly hot lips pink I think is a fun way to point out that like, guess what? You could do whatever you want and, and in doing whatever you want, do it differently than you even thought you would. Sure. That's great. And I think that leads us well into the time to thank everyone for listening and for being a part of this. Thanking the the crew themselves over at Spindrift for putting in all the time and effort for building the boat for Sonia and everyone else who is a part of this project. Everyone listening, after all, you are a big part of who and what this project is about. Terrence, 
if you can share with people how they can get involved if they want to. I think you have a, an announcement on that front. Absolutely, Zach. So the number one thing we need right now is a campaign manager. So that's someone who will help right now before the row even begins with all of the activities to coordinate the messaging, support with sponsorships, support with the scholarship fund. And in order for that person to really crush that role while I'm on the water, I want them to begin now. So I'm looking for candidates. I'm looking for people who want this role. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone you know. Please put them in touch with me immediately. And how do they get in touch with you? Send me an email, hello at unitedworldchallenge.org or message on any of the social media pages at United World Challenge. Okay, perfect. And for those who might not know someone uh, or be prepared to be a campaign manager, how do they get involved? Well, as always, you can support our mission to inspire the world. Make a, do make a donation to the challenge or visit the launch page uh, or pirate booty page at unitedworldchallenge.org. Uh, you can support our scholarship fund to send new students to United World Colleges via the mission page at unitedworldchallenge.org. And you can get involved personally, like you're doing, Zach. You can offer time or a skill or connect us to a partner for equipment, services, or media. And lastly, inspire a more courageous world. Tell your friends and share the story. Until next time and always, keep believing in yourself and those around you. Together, we're rowing for a better tomorrow. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. The soundtrack for this episode was composed by and is courteous of the artist, who you can find at SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash thecuriouskid.